Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. Today is Thursday. It is the 15th of September. This is your first from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. State health officials say the low number of confirmed monkeypox cases means Iowa's targeted approach is working. Iowa has just 22 confirmed cases of monkeypox. State officials say they've targeted their monkeypox vaccine outreach towards men who have sex with men and transgender people who have had new or multiple partners in the past 30 days, as well as their close contacts and health care professionals. Ken Sharp is with the state health department. You know, there was a large amount of demand uh, eight to 12 weeks ago uh, for vaccine. Uh, we quickly satisfied that demand. And what we're seeing now is um, the, the supply that we have for vaccine is more than sufficient for the demand that we're seeing from our local partners. Monkeypox is not a sexually transmitted infection, but officials say most cases have been spread through close sexual contact, primarily among men who have sex with men. Federal officials are also reporting a drop in the number of Iowans hospitalized who have tested positive for COVID-19 in the past week. 232 Iowans are hospitalized as of yesterday. That's down from 270 last week. And that says the number of new reported positive COVID tests remain stable. Iowa health officials say more than 5,200 positive tests have been reported in the past seven days. Iowa House Democrats are proposing legalizing recreational marijuana as one of their key priorities ahead of the 2022 election. IPR's Katerina Sestarek has those details. Democrats hold 40 of the 100 seats in the Iowa House of Representatives. That means they don't have the power to decide what bills are debated and passed, but they're hoping to win back more seats in this fall's elections. House Democrats' other priorities are lowering costs for Iowans, protecting abortion access, and investing more in public schools in addition to legalizing marijuana. House Democratic leader Jennifer Confirst says these priorities are based on what the majority of Iowans support. We have heard from Iowans these are the things they want. These are the things that Democrats fight for too. And so we want to make sure Iowans know where we stand, that we stand for pushing these. A Des Moines Register Iowa poll found 54% of Iowans favor legal marijuana and 60% say abortion should be legal in most or all cases. The Iowa company that's proposing to pipe carbon dioxide from Midwest ethanol plants and store it underground in North Dakota says it's secured the rights to more than half of the land it needs for its route through Iowa. IPR's Katie Pikus has more. Summit Carbon Solutions says it's partnered with 800 Iowa landowners to sign 1,400 easement agreements. But Jessica Mazur with the Iowa chapter of the Sierra Club says she's not convinced Summit has the backing it says it does. Once they're done filing their list of Exhibit H, which is the properties they think they need in the domain for, then I think we can actually consider what numbers they're presenting. Environmentalists and many farmers and landowners worry about the safety of the pipelines and impacts to farmland. The ethanol industry says pipelines will help them lower their emissions and reach more fuel markets. The Iowa Utilities Board will hold a public hearing for the project in Webster County, but the board hasn't set a date. It's waiting until Summit's Exhibit H is in, quote, final form. And a GoFundMe page for Piper Lewis has received more than 8,400 donations and surpassed its goal, raising more than $325,000. 
Lewis is the Des Moines teen who was convicted of killing a man. She says raped her multiple times and was involved with trafficking her for sex. She was sentenced on Tuesday to five years of probation and also ordered under Iowa law to pay the family of her alleged abuser $150,000 in restitution. The organizer of the page raised the goal to help Lewis cover other costs and save for college or to start a business. This is Here First. Support for IPR comes from The Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine, offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about The Healing Room at upstreamfm.com. This year, the state expanded the number of children a child care worker can oversee at a time. The idea was to give more flexibility for providers and add more child care slots for towns in need. IPR's Zachary Orrin-Smith reports the additional capacity does not appear to have solved the labor side of the equation. Jordan Lee is 25. She's been working for Postville Child Care Services for seven years, making her one of the longest-running employees on staff. She manages a classroom buzzing with three-year-olds. When not negotiating the release of a precious toy or keeping a tenuous piece, She's counting. The room can hold 24 kids, but our ratio for the room is one teacher to, because they're all four, to 12 kids. Once they hit four, if there's still three, it's one teacher to eight kids. In Iowa, a single provider can only care for a certain number of kids at a given time. Say Lee needs to use the bathroom, the law demands she find another teacher to step in for her to keep the ratio. Lee said she's constantly tabulating the kids and staff in her room. In June, Governor Kim Reynolds signed a law that raises the number of children a provider can care for from six two-year-olds at a time to eight, and from eight three-year-olds at a time to ten. The idea was to increase the number of child care slots since this increase would free up providers to take on more kids. But concern over workforce retention is leading some providers to keep ratios the same. Lee said that while a new child care provider can legally manage more, it doesn't mean that they should. It kind of creates a lot of stress, especially if you have like a very like strong-willed group to have one teacher with 10 four-year-olds or 10 three-year-olds. That's a lot of three-year-olds for one person to be able to manage by themselves. The facility used to be open from 5 in the morning to 6 in the afternoon, 13 hours from start to finish. But due to staff recruitment and retention issues, Director Christy Turner said she reduced service by an hour on both sides to help existing staff keep up. And I got a lot of angry parents, and I don't blame them for that. You know, a lot of them work outside of town. How are they going to make it here? You can't. Over in Knoxville, Carrie Garrison has worked at Stepping Stones Early Learning Center for 28 years. It takes care of 110 kids on average in Marion County. Garrison said her staff has been plagued with high turnover rates. Raising pay is appealing, but when the margins are made from raising the child care costs on families, she worries a price hike might just turn a parent away. It's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, if you raise it too high, parents are going to think of other ways to make it work. It's just a struggle. If you could just pay more, it would be nice. Increased pay would help with retention and might help meet some of the quality metrics set by the state, like hiring staff with four-year degrees. According to a University of California Berkeley study, the median wage of child care workers was $9.35 in 2019. That's a 3% decrease since 2017. 
The same group found Iowa early educators with a bachelor's degree are paid 36 percent less than their colleagues in the kindergarten through eighth grade system. Making matters worse, the poverty rate for early educators in Iowa is 24 percent. That's much higher than other Iowa workers and nearly nine times as high as K through eighth teachers. You work with the most cherished gift ever. And, you know, for us to get that opportunity, it's a true honor. And it's just, it's hard to believe when somebody can go make tape for $30 an hour and you're molding a child. Back in Postville's facility, Director Christy Turner spends a lot of her day in the classroom helping ease some of the strain on her staff. She's making it work, but she's concerned about the future. I can't make more people. And I can't duplicate myself. And so then we would have to close our doors, and that makes me sick. So, it, you know, every day I'm just trying to think of all of the ways we can avoid that. But at the same time, sometimes you have to look at it and say, well, this is where we're at right now. She said she doesn't see a clear solution without help from the state. I'm Zachary Oren-Smith, IPR News. This is your first from IPR News. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe. I'm Clay Masters.